Welcome to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'll be your host, the Healthy Voyager, Carolyn Scott. Thank you for tuning into Healthy Voyager Radio. I am your host, Carolyn Scott Hamilton, the Healthy Voyager. One quick announcement before we get started on this Halloween episode of Healthy Voyager Radio. If you're in LA on November 6th, come join us at the Roxy on Sunset Strip for the first ever vegan beer fest. Yep, vegan beer, vegan food, and music all night long at the Roxy on Sunset Strip to purchase advanced tickets, which is highly recommended because there's limited entry. Check out losangelesvegan.com. Check it out, buy your tickets ahead of time, and hope to see you there. Ooh, I love me some Halloween. I'm a big Halloween person, from creating my own costumes to building a haunted house in our front yard. I try to hit up as many Halloween events as possible, and the house smells of pumpkin from now until Thanksgiving. But I'll admit that loving the holidays can be very expensive as well as wasteful and toxic. The candy is unhealthy, the makeup is toxic, and the fog that you inhale at numerous haunts can't be good for you. I know I always kind of walk out of those places coughing and my lungs kind of hurt. But sure, it happens once a year. But there's always, you know, ways that you can have fun with none of the scary junk. It's also kind of smart to start practicing healthy and eco-Halloween habits um, as it'll add up over the years. If you buy one-wear-only costumes, they'll end up in the landfills or cheap Halloween decorations end up in the trash as well. I know that a lot of people, um, you know, for, for lack of funds, will hit up the 99-cent store and stuff like that and buy kind of junky decorations for parties or even for the house. But, you know, those end up falling apart by the end of the season and ending up in the trash. So, it's almost better to invest in some good decorations that you can care for and will last you many ghoulish nights to come or get crafty and make some of your own um, as the materials can be recycled or be made from recycled products. And if you have kids, it's a great way to get the little goblin brains right for creativity as well as you know the importance of a green Halloween, stressing how important that is to, to recycle regardless of the, uh, the celebration or festivities going on. And of course, the biggie, candy and treats are some of the most frightening things about All Hallows' Eve and that whole season. The sugar, the chemicals, the tummy aches, not good. But there are lots of ways to keep from going into a sugar-induced coma after you've ripped off your costume at the end of the night. Eat a healthy dinner before trick-or-treating um, or before going to a party and have a water bottle to keep you hydrated because the more water you drink, the more full you'll feel and the less likely you'll um, want to indulge in junk and in all the excitement, especially for kids, eating the candy as you go may not be an option, um, but try to limit the consumption until you get home because I know running from house to house, you probably, the kids aren't probably thinking about eating, you know, candy by the handfuls as they're running to the next house. It's like, it's more the competition at that point. So that's kind of good. But once they get home, they go nuts. So sort the candy when you arrive back at your bat cave and be sure to limit candy craziness to a piece or two of your favorites and save the rest for later. And if you limit the candy to one or two pieces per day, the candy will get gross way before you get through it all. So it's kind of smart to to limit yourself. So, you know, before you end up downing the whole bag, you've kind of given it a chance to decay a little bit. Or I remember when I was a kid, I would put it in the, put my whole bag in the fridge. And by a few days later, the, the 
chocolate was all kind of like white and gross and so it wasn't very appealing anymore or like the hard candy was gross and stuck together and so uh, it kind of did its job for me by going bad before I could eat it all. So, you know, if you limit yourself, you won't go too crazy. And as for going to parties or over drinking or overeating, the same rules apply. Don't go hungry, drink lots of water, and limit your junk consumption. I know it's, you know, easy to, to do because you're celebrating and having fun. Um, and it's not to say that you can't indulge here and there, but don't go overboard. And also a good tip is, to wear a snug costume that'll keep you from stuffing yourself. So if you're wearing a big gorilla suit, it's going to take a lot to fill that up. <laughs> but if you're wearing <clears throat> kind of a tighter fitting outfit, then you'll be less likely to uh, show your, your candy bump. So uh, anyway, just a few, a few tips there to keep healthy, um, to be creative, to be green. But I'm stoked for today's guests as one um, has some great green Halloween tips and the other has some great vegan Halloween treats. So let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be chatting with Green Halloween eco-queen Sophie Uliano. Imagine a world where bullying isn't considered a normal part of childhood. A world where I'm not afraid to go to school. <laughs> to speak out. To be myself. Loser. A world where I'm not afraid to be caught alone. Come on, punk. We have the power to stop the bullying. Speak out. Speak up. Educate. Find out what to look for and how you can make a difference at bullying.org. Bullying Awareness Week starts November 16th. Details at bullyingawarenessweek.org. Welcome back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My first guest is the eco Martha Stewart and then some. She has shown Oprah and Julia Roberts how to be crafty and green and is here to share her eco-friendly Halloween tips with us today. Miss Gorgeously Green Goddess is with us now, Sophie Uliano. Hello, Sophie. Hello. I'm so glad you could come on the show today because I love your green tips and I'm sure you have tons of great green Halloween tips. Well, I might have a few, might have a few useful ones. <laughs> so tell us when and how you decided to start living a gorgeously green life. When was probably about um, 12 years ago, I would say. Um, and, but pretty much I've always been like this for most of my life. It was the way that I was raised. Not hippie green, but green just like it makes sense. It's just common sense. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I think I really got into it and decided to sort of devote my life to trying to do something about it when I got pregnant with uh, my little girl, which was about 10 years ago. So she's kind of the reason that you decided, I'm going to start yeah, being she's here. one of the reasons. I don't honestly think there was like one reason where I suddenly woke up and went, okay, this is it. Mm -hmm. I think like for many of us, it was a growing awareness and a growing realization uh, that there was something really is something very, very wrong about um, the, 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 the way that we're living, unwittingly living, mm. not, not purposefully, obviously. And um, just a growing awareness about the, the state of, of, um, of, of our environment. And, um, and I think that the, in many ways there were many catalysts, but a very big catalyst for me was being pregnant because then it became an, a very immediate health issue. Mm -hmm. And I think for many people, um, the, the whole 
sort of momentum or the, the uh, motivation, I wanted to say, for going green is, is very much health. Mm. Uh, you know, is this going to affect my health, my unborn baby's health? And then you start really focusing on things like, um, you know, leaching plastics and air quality and uh, every kind of toxic anything that there is in your air, water, food. And, um, and so that journey began. Well, what I love about your tips and your ideas is that it's not outrageous like, oh, everybody's got to move to a commune and live under solar panels. Your stuff is very hands-on and easy to do in everyday life. And I was always wondering, how do you come up with all these common everyday things that we take for granted and are wasteful, you know, of, uh, and, and is it all trial and error or is it kind of a community of green? How do you come up with these great tips? You know, I think it's, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of everything. Um, it's because I pretty much live in this, in this space now myself. Every single day I'm experimenting and, and uh, exploring and discovering new ways of living, that things that might make it easier or different or a better way of doing things. And, and I think also we discover more and more, um, all of us in the, in the green community as we go along, that things that we thought were the right thing to do even two years ago may, may quite not be now. So it's a sort of changing landscape. And I think you've really, as I feel, I have a responsibility to really sort of stay on the ball so that I can constantly um, offer people the, 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 the truth, if you like, rather than the kind of hype and the internet hype. It's like, okay, somebody has to sort of disseminate all that information out there and really bring, um, I want to bring my readers anyway, um, information that's really accurate. Absolutely. And in your latest book, Do It Gorgeously, which I love, it's so helpful for everything from beauty to cooking to sewing what was your process in putting together all these fantastic tips that are actually really simple to do for most people? Um, you know, I, my motivation was that I uh, had, have been doing this myself a lot. I'm a very hands-on DIY type of girl, and I pretty much always have been. And, um, and I think that because of the financial um, economic downturn of the last couple of years, it just struck me that a lot of this green living for many people across America is very frightening because it's um, because of the price. And mm -hmm. a lot of people say, but I can't afford to buy these, uh, you know, eco-friendly cleaners and these all this skincare that you're suggesting that I buy. And I understand that. And I and um, and I wanted to make it easy. And I wanted to um, uh, you know, find a solution for that. And so I thought, well, hang on a minute. I should t show people how to do what I've been doing for years, which is I make all my own cleaners. I make a lot of my own skincare. And, um, and I, as I said, I'm very hands-on and quite a sort of DIY type of a girl. So I thought I'll just put all that information down in one book and, and share that knowledge. Yeah, it, it's really comprehensive and great. And you do touch a lot on the beauty tips and your own skincare. And I've noticed that that's a big part of, of what you promote is, is eco and healthy skincare. What was it about eco beauty that you felt you needed to get women to take notice and start making their own products or at least making better decisions about the products that they purchase? Um, well, you know, I, I've really felt that um, beauty, I mean, you know, beauty is such um, an evocative and seductive um, topic because 
for somebody like me, I love beauty products and I love shopping and I love beauty supply stores. Mm -hmm. And so although it may not be the most important thing, it's something that I think all of us can jump into because it's what we sort of, you know, going and buying a lipstick or washing our kids' hair is something that we do a lot and it's very immediate and it's something you can take control of right now, today, and, and change. And when I realized that there were chemicals in much of these skincare products, these, these uh, commercial ones that, that many of us have been buying for years, that might not be very good for my health. I mean, I'm not going to say dangerous because it's not the case. It's not that you put an application on and you're going to get sick. We all know that. Um, but, but, you know, that could negatively impact my health over a number of years. Um, it was just so horrifying to me because I thought this is the one area where I spend my hard-earned money in, in an attempt to kind of nurture myself um, and mm -hmm. nourish myself. And if these things that I'm putting on my skin are not doing that um, and are, are, are causing harm, um, that's, that's uh, pretty scary. And so um, that's what got me interested in, in, that, um, in that area, in the area of beauty and skin care. Well, speaking of putting things on your face, now that it's Halloween, adults and kids are going to be painting their faces with all sorts of makeup, and a lot of it, like that white cake makeup, seems pretty toxic. What alternatives do you have for traditional Halloween makeup? Well, you know, I, to be honest with you, I don't love my, my child putting face paint on her face <laughs> anyway um, because I just, um, I, I'm just not crazy about it on that sort of very delicate skin. So what I do is I, um, uh, I allow her, this is the one time of year that I allow her to use uh, all my makeup as much as she wants of it. And, um, and it's, so, you know, what you can get out of a normal makeup kit in, in terms of um, all these wonderful colors and, coal liners and lip pencils and whatever i think if you let even a boy go you know being a pirate or something let them go with any of that uh then they'll be uh they'll be very happy i actually have uh, there's a there's a makeup brand called uh that you, i'm sure you know of called tarte t-a-r-t-e uh tarte cosmetics and i have this a thing they sent me a while back which is called the treasure chest and mm -hmm. it has got so many different color eyeshadows it's mind-boggling and that is hidden from my daughter who is nine because she she loves to obviously play with all my stuff but i it's she's forbidden but on halloween she can play with it because it's non-toxic yeah you're right that is a better idea than buying the stuff at rite aid that's this like yeah, jelly and think, black even, and then if you go to the trouble of getting non-toxic face i mean you're probably not going to use it that Often, so I think just I'm, I, I think green is all about in many ways is just you know try and use what you've got, try and make Absolutely. do. You know, it's a lot of it is making do, like like um, you know our parents and grandparents did. It saves money, it's common sense, and it's green. Yeah, absolutely. And now with costumes, uh, how do you get green with costumes because they can be so pricey? And to be honest, the, the packaging is a lot of plastic, and the one-time wear of these isn't very earth-friendly. What tips might you have for last-minute costumes that are affordable as well as green? Well, you know, what I do is uh, uh, for the, up until this year, I've always made a costume for my daughter, which, uh, which 
it has always been a lot of fun, you know, going and getting old scraps of fabric and sewing something together and whatnot. But I have to say, this year is the is the first year that she said, "Please, I want a store bought costume," because she saw one that she really loved, which is horrifying to me because it most definitely is not an eco friendly costume. Let me tell you that. There's a lot of kind of fake plastic fur and things going on on it. But anyway, the fact is that she um, she. Uh, is um, going to wear that. And what I did say to her is, look, how can we be conscious and mindful about this so that it's just not a waste, so we're not going to just throw it away? So what we've decided we're going to do and what I say to people is, look, if you do have a store-bought costume, try and encourage your child to treat it really well, not just to trash it, just you know, look after it. And then the moment you're done with it, like the day after Halloween, keep the package it came in, you know, shake it out, have your child package it really carefully back again in the bag. And then that way, if it's really well kept and it's nicely packaged back again, then it's really easy to um, gift to somebody for next year, to another family, to a sibling, because kids aren't going to want something that's all scrunched up and used or torn, but they'll, they'd love something that you can pass on. Or if it's in that kind of condition, you can take it to a thrift store and they'll take it and they'll be able to sell it. Um, so that, that there's always a, 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 it's just, I think it's being a little more conscious and, and, and smart about the way that you treat things. Absolutely. And any tips that are green for throwing a green Halloween party? Because that can be pretty wasteful too. Um, it can. I mean, look, here's one of my, the biggest tips that I think that I'm telling everybody for this Halloween is candy wrappers. Okay, we can't escape candy. And let's face it, m- most people aren't going to A, be able to afford or have access to eco-friendly, you know, organic candy that's wrapped in I don't know what, you know, corn, corn plastic or something. Mm-hmm. So let's assume that you're going to a very uh, regular store, drugstore or Target or whatever, and you're buying those huge, um, you know, value bags of candy. Now, there's a great organization called TerraCycle, and uh, it's, I believe it's TerraCycle.com, I think it is. Now, TerraCycle, I will say to every single teen, tween, or parent, sign up for the Candy Wrapper Brigade on TerraCycle. Because if you do that, then you can collect all these candy wrappers. And I believe they collect Mars candy wrappers, which is everything from Skittles to Twix to Starburst to everything like that. Mm -hmm. And you can collect these wrappers and send them off back to TerraCycle, they'll pay for your shipping. You just download a shipping label. And they will recycle them into really cool products that they sell. But also, you can make money uh, for your school or your favorite charity because they pay you for every single wrapper. That's so a fabulous oh, idea. That's amazing. That's my biggest tip for this Halloween because – you know, again, I think you've got to be realistic about Halloween, as I said, that not everybody mm. is going to go and be able to buy all this eco-friendly stuff. And and also, even if you do, like I buy very eco-friendly candy, but then all the stuff that my daughter goes out and gets is regular <laughs> candy. So what do we do with all those wrappers? Well, there's a fantastic solution. So, you know, kudos to uh, TerraCycle. Yeah, that's a fabulous idea. One of the best tips I've heard in a while. Yeah, yeah, very, very happy. And then in terms of your own home, you know, um, if you're throwing a party or whatever, you know, it's, it's, I think the most eco-friendly thing that you can do is just make a bunch of your own stuff. So, 
you know, if you've got adults coming over or kids coming over, just, um, you know, it's so easy to throw together, um, you know, if you want to make candy even, to throw together some fudge, to throw together organic brownies with some nice fair trade chocolate and organic sugar. Um, you know, to, to, if, you're, if you've got adults coming over, you know, how long it takes seconds to whip up a bit of hummus or baba ganoush to do some lovely dips and things. So I, I'm a great one for, for making as much of your own food as you can because it truly saves on so much packaging, um, all those cartons and, and packets and boxes that you would otherwise bring. And it really doesn't have to take that much time either. Plus, it'll save you a lot of money. So, um, so that's a big tip for parties. And, and finally, um, at this time of year, we tend to light a lot of candles, you know, because to give that lovely Halloween feel and spooky and whatnot. And just make sure that the candles are not paraffin wax candles, that they are either uh, beeswax, which is the best, or soy. And uh, beeswax is wonderful because it's actually helpful, beneficial for um, people who have allergies and particularly for asthma sufferers uh, to actually burn beeswax candles is really good for them. Um, so um, if you can get or make, I have a, a project in my book for making them, which is very inexpensive, uh, beeswax candles, that would be a very good, um, good way to go. Yeah, great idea. And for listeners who may not know, why is it uh, not good to burn paraffin wax candles? Well, um, it, it gives off fumes that are basically really, really toxic. And um, uh, also you have to be careful if you buy, would buy uh, cheap candles that might have been imported from other countries where the regulations aren't so strict. It also may have lead in it. Um, mm. So it's those sort of heavy metals. Uh, that you really want to avoid burning um, and giving off fumes in, into your home where the air quality is is uh, not great anyway for most of us. Mm. Yeah, great tips, very good tips. So what's next for Sophie and the Gorgeously Green Empire now that you have these fabulous books out? Is there more coming? There is probably another one coming. Um, yes, I'm sort of in the, in the throes of, of that now, of sorting out which one it's going to be. I've got sort of two up my sleeve, and I'm deciding which one I'm going to move forward with first. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm filming a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of how-to uh, videos for eHow, uh, which is exciting. Um, so, I mean, 50 to 60 of them I'll be doing in the next two or three weeks. So that's great. And also a, a possible TV show. So lots and lots going on. Excellent. And you've got the best tips for all sorts of people. So I'm very excited to see what else you've got coming out very soon. And for listeners, where can we find out more about you, your tips, your books, and all that? Everything at gorgeouslygreen.com. Perfect. And people can sign up for um, a newsletter or just oh, hop they can on your sign site? Up absolutely, for the newsletter. And, um, and with the newsletter, you get everything. You get tips, you get free recipes, you get special offers, and I do a big, huge giveaway every single week. Perfect. Well, giveaway. thank you so much, Sophie. Those were great tips, fantastic tips. You have a very happy Halloween. And thank you for having me, and have a lovely Halloween yourself. You too. Everybody okay. stay with us because after the break, I'll be chatting Halloween treats with, with award-winning vegan chef, Chloe Coscarelli. 
This is Deputy Becky Heron with a few Halloween safety tips. Parents, if your kids are going trick-or-treating this Halloween, make sure they'll be visible to drivers by wearing reflective clothing and carrying a flashlight. Have them travel in groups and make sure small children are accompanied by older ones or by an adult. Before your kids eat their Halloween treats, make sure you check the packaging for signs of tampering and never allow them to eat treats which are not sealed properly. Have a safe and happy Halloween from the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. Thank you for coming back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My frightfully foodie guest today is a rising star in the culinary world. Fresh from winning the Food Network Cupcake Challenge with her fabulous vegan cupcakes is vegan chef Chloe Coscarelli. Hello, Chloe. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? I'm well. I'm very excited for Halloween. How about you? Oh, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me on the show. Sure thing. I know you're excited because I saw your deliciously awesome looking cake and and witch fingers on your site. That mm-hmm. looks fabulous. Really, really tasty. Thank you. Yeah, Halloween is the time to have fun and do something crazy. So I figured if not now, when? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So tell um, our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a vegan chef in Los Angeles. I went to college at UC Berkeley, and then I graduated, and I went to culinary school at the Natural Gourmet Institute in New York, Um, and right now I'm back in L.A., and I'm working on my blog where I post recipes every week, um, very seasonal, healthy, all vegan, Um, and it's been great. Excellent. Yeah, I I can't wait to get to to all these awards and accolades you're getting, but first... uh, (laughs) Tell us when you decided to go we, uh, vegan and why you decided to. Well, I I actually went vegetarian when I was in middle school. I had a friend from Nepal who was vegetarian, and I, I just thought it was really cool. And so I decided to do it too. And <laughs> then I just I started learning about all different kinds of foods, and I was really liking what I was eating and how I was feeling and I found myself gravitating more towards vegan options. It didn't really seem like the butter and the cream were doing too much to add to my diet. So when I was in high school, I went vegan, and it was the best decision I ever made. Um, I just I love vegan food, and I love that you can feel good after you eat it, and you can still eat everything that um, a non-vegan person would eat, but just feels a little bit better going down. Yeah, absolutely. And and how did your parents take it? Because I know a, a lot of parents might be like, "Oh, you're crazy. How am I going to cook for you?" and and all that. How did how did your parents cope with you changing your diet so drastically at such a young age? Yeah, they were really cool about it. My whole family actually started off as a meat eating family, and when I went vegetarian, um, my parents really accommodated me. And then when I went vegan, my parents actually decided to go vegetarian with me, and so. It was it was all of us veggies, and my brother was still eating meat. But then one day he decided, "Hey, I'm I'm going to join the bandwagon, and I'm going to just go straight from meat eating to vegan." Wow! So he made a real, um, really abrupt transition, and he loves it too. And so, oh, we're just all such foodies together. It's great. 
Lucky you, and and they have you to to cook for them all the time. Oh, so no wonder it's so easy. Spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gotten to the point where they, you know, if it's not a three course dinner, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what influenced you to become a chef, and why you chose the natural gourmet over other natural chef programs. When I was um, in college at Berkeley, I just I found myself doing so much cooking. Um, when it was finals time, I'd be smuggling in vegan treats to the library for all my friends who were studying, and I just couldn't stay out of the kitchen. And so I actually um, I looked into a bunch of different culinary schools, and there are so many great programs out there, really, and I'm sure whatever program um, a vegan or a vegetarian aspiring chef went to could tailor it um, make it work for them, but I just felt like at Natural Gourmet Institute, they really expose you to the cutting-edge techniques on plant-based cooking and nutrition, and for me, that's really important, the connection between food and healing and nutrition, and so that was a really great aspect of the program, and I wouldn't want to be in New York City because the food scene there is awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, you guys do the, the Friday night dinner. So that's, you know, part of of something that I think is really cool about yeah. the program. Have you been to the Friday night dinners? I actually went to school there in 2001. I think oh you might have still been in, in oh, middle wow. school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is a great program. And you're right. They, they have, uh, I guess, the most comprehensive, I would say, about uh, of all the programs. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I know that a lot of a lot of vegans complain that it's not fully vegan, but it's really tough to find a fully vegan cooking oh, yeah. school. And I think you get a, a good, well-rounded, supportive uh, staff there. So, so yeah, so it's a great yeah, program. I think so. They really introduce you to all different kinds of perspectives on food, and it's I couldn't have asked for anything better. Yeah, it's a wonderful school. So, since graduating, what sorts of jobs have you held? I know that you've worked in restaurants and you do private chefing and all that. But tell us a little bit about what you've been able to do since uh, since leaving school. Yeah, well, I've done I've done some restaurant work. Um, I've when I was in school in New York, I was working in um, a restaurant called Counter, which is a great vegetarian restaurant in the city. Um, when I was at school, in school at Berkeley, I was working at Millennium. Um, which is one of my favorite vegan restaurants in San Francisco. And so it's been really great to learn learn from the best and trained restaurant chefs. And I think that kitchen experience really helps you, you know, learn how to work quickly and really be professional in your practice. Um, but I really decided I wanted to be creating my own recipes. And so I just started my blog, and it's been great because I've been getting such a huge response from people trying my recipes and that's been one of the most fun things I've done so far. Do you do private chefing for people here in, in L.A. Or, or anything like that or catering or is it I, mainly I just your I used to. Um, right now I'm actually working on my first cookbook, um, so I'm really excited about that. And I don't have any time for private chefing anymore, but um, maybe someday I'll come back to that. Excellent. Cool. So how were you tapped to join the Food Network Cupcake Challenge uh, and then what was your experience when you once you got there, especially competing with non-vegan bakers? Yeah, well, Carolyn, it all happened on such a whim. Um, I started my Twitter account some months back, and I just saw an ad that said, you know, calling all bakers. And so I thought, all right, I'll just go out for the casting call. And I made some cupcakes for the audition. 
Um, I made actually Alice in Wonderland themed cupcakes. So I spent days on them going all out with the decorations. And then I, I just went in and they cast me and I went on the show and it was, it was great. I mean, they didn't discriminate at all against the fact that I was vegan. They were extremely open-minded about it um, and really accommodating with the different kinds of ingredients I was using. And so that was just a lot of fun. That's awesome. And uh, and once you were on the show and then and you won, what was that like? What 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 was it like when the other when the non-vegan bakers were like, "Say what? Those are vegan." <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. I mean, you know, win or lose, it was just it was so great to have the judges enjoy my cupcakes and you know, to get that kind of validation from such traditionally trained pastry chefs was really exciting for me. And has the the win changed your career or anything that you're working on now, or was it just kind of like, that's awesome, and now I'm back to doing what I was doing anyway? No, not at all. It definitely gave me the confidence to, you know, really move forward with this. And um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm working on a cookbook now, and I think, you know, all of this, it's just been such a great response from um, from the Cupcake Wars and from other videos that I'm doing, and I think it's really helped me to reach uh, more people in the mainstream with my recipes. Yeah, absolutely. And your stuff looks gorgeous always. Oh, thank you. So yeah, so that I think that's that that's what gets the mainstream folks for sure. Like, hey, that looks like a a real cake. In fact, it looks better than a real cake. You know, or definitely. so definitely yeah. helps. I get a lot of um, a lot of emails from from moms who have kids who have egg and dairy allergies, the reasons that I hear for why people are wanting to try my recipes are so such a broad array of reasons. And so that's really exciting for me when, you know, someone's child can have birthday cake for the first time and enjoy it because they found a recipe that they liked on my site or, you know, lots of different health issues, environmental issues. There's just there's so many reasons that people would want to try incorporating plant-based meals into their diet, and maybe they don't know how. So that's really fun for me to um, help show people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So speaking of making awesome cakes, it's Halloween, <laughs> and uh, you've got some wonderful treats on your site. What are some other delicious vegan treats that some of our listeners could wh whip up for a party? Because maybe some people might not have time to make that cake. Um, but what are some other ideas you might have for, for yummy, spooky, Halloween-y treats? Yeah, well, I mean, there's so much you can do. I guess for me, Halloween, chocolate anything is pretty much the answer, and that's not that hard to do. So chocolate-covered, you know, almond clusters, raisin clusters, coconut-clustered, chocolate-dipped strawberries, chocolate-dipped fresh orange pieces to get that um, Halloween chocolate brown and orange effect. Um, mm. Yeah, I I love dipping everything in chocolate in terms of a really easy, quick fix. Yeah, for sure. It, it is kind of easy instead of like, oh, I'm going to make all these elaborate things that are going to take so much time. It is mm -hmm. easy just to, you know, melt down some, some good dark chocolate and, mm -hmm. and throw anything in there. Definitely. I think And that, healthy. Yeah, it's it's not that bad. I think I think dark chocolate's great for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What are some of your favorite vegan candies to hand out to trick or treaters? I know nowadays there's so many good options for vegan and healthy organic candies. What are some of your favorites? Mhm. Mm well, 
I'm doing so much cooking at home, Carolyn, that I hardly have time to eat store-bought candy. But if I do, um, maybe like the Endangered Species brand has some nice little mini dark chocolates. If you go to your local natural food store, there's there's so many different options in terms of dark chocolates or fruit juice sweetened candies. There's there's a lot out there. So I think I would say just browse the aisles and see what you can pick up. I know VegNews.com has an awesome list of um, mainstream candies that happen to be vegan. That doesn't mean they're super healthy, but at least they're vegan. Right. Yeah, you'd be surprised. People would be surprised how many candies are actually vegan. I mean, they're chemically in growth, but they're still <laughs> vegan. So, yeah, there there are a ton of options for sure. And then, of course, then there are the more organic, healthy ones that happen to be a little more expensive. But, yeah, uh, if you're going to be passing too many. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that many people who can afford to spend, you know, $2 a candy bar to hand out to random kids knocking at their door. But some right. people can. Or you chop them up. Although... I know that uh, these days, and not, it's not like it was when I was a kid, where you could give out hand handmade goodies to mm-hmm. trick-or-treaters. Parents are a little leery about that. There's a lot of regulations, and so probably not a good idea. But, you know, I do remember when I was little and I was trick-or-treating, I did kind of like the houses that passed out, like the cool pencils or erasers. It might not mm-hmm. appeal to all kids, but I always thought that was fun. Well, I liked getting pennies because it would add up. At first, I was like, oh, this is lame. But then when you when the candy got gross after it had been sitting in the mm-hmm. fridge forever, you had something left over. So yeah. it was kind of funny. At first, it was it was kind of weird. And I was like, oh, those cheapos. But then yeah. you kind of... You kind of get to do something with it. Or uh, I think every now and again you'd get a good popcorn ball or mm. something homemade. But um, mm-hmm. for the most part now it's just, you know, cheapy, cheapy candy. candy. Yeah. <laughs> do, you know, do you have any um, simple candy recipes like uh, like healthy lollipops or anything like that or, or hard candies that are easy to make for people that are less disgusting than the stuff you buy at the store? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any published on my website right now, um, but like I said, melting down chocolate and shaping it into any any shape or mold that you that you buy or that you find, that's always a great idea. Um, and sometimes if you, well, if you're making, let's say, vegan cookie dough, which doesn't have eggs, so it can be eaten raw, and then you can dip that in some dark chocolate, almost like a cookie dough truffle. Um mm. I've done peanut butter cups. I mean, there's there's so much you can do, and there's so many great resources online that I'm sure if someone's looking to make their own candy, there's more than enough ways to do it. And what's the what's your best tip about melting down chocolate? Um, you should probably do it in a double boiler, right? So that I you do don't double boiler. Yeah, I just feel like a pasta pot with a little bit of water, not too much water, and then take um, either a Pyrex or some sort of bowl that's um, can stand the heat, put it on top, and make sure that it fits in really snug on the top because if there's any air pockets, the steam will rise up and come into your chocolate and make it seize up. So you want to be really sure that it, the bowl is a nice fit with the pot. And then I just turn it on a low heat and um, throw some of my favorite dark chocolate chips into the bowl and just let them melt and mix it every once in a while with a spatula. And then from there, there's there's so much you can do. If you're like me last night, you can just eat it straight from the bowl. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, you can virtually do anything with, with chocolate. Mm-hmm. So what's next for Chef Chloe? I know you said you're working on a book. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what that might be, what's in store for that book, and when it might be due out? Yeah, I I'm, I'm just got started a little while ago on it. I'm really excited. It's going to be um, a cookbook that, you know, has cupcakes, has the treats, but also has some great entrees and appetizers and easy meals. So it's really going to be an everything resource for people who want to learn how to cook vegan or, like I said, have um, allergy-free children or husbands with high cholesterol or any which reason. And it's going to be very, um, very step-by-step so that it's easy to understand and uses ingredients that aren't too complicated, really user-friendly, and that doesn't require a trip to a really expensive, you know, natural foods grocery store. It's really going to be about how to use what you have to make some great meatless meals. Nice. And when is that expected to, to come out? We can uh, tell everybody about it when it's ready. Um, if you go to my website and sign up for my newsletter, chefchloe.com, you'll get all the updates. But we're looking at um, hopefully about a year. Perfect. So your website is chefchloe.com, and that's where people can find out everything about you? Definitely. You can sign up for my newsletter. It's free, and I send out weekly recipes, and they're usually themed for the holidays like you do as well, and so that's a lot of fun to get. Excellent. Well, cool. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, I hope that people try your yummy recipes that are on your site because they look insanely awesome. Uh, well, Carolyn, thank you so much. This has meant so much to me. I just think you're fabulous. I'm so Aww. honored to be on your show. Aw, thank you so much. Well, you have a happy and safe and healthy Halloween. You too, and everybody. For sure. Everybody, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. This is Deputy Becky Heron with a few Halloween safety tips. Kids, if you're planning to go trick-or-treating this Halloween, remember that it's safer to travel with a group of people. Make sure you have a flashlight with you and that you have some type of reflective clothing on so you're more visible in the dark. Only approach homes that have lights on outside and never go into a stranger's house. Make sure you wait to eat your treats until your parents check them for tampering. Have a safe and happy Halloween from the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. Ah, 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 and this brings an end to this week's Halloween episode of Healthy Voyager Radio. Be sure to visit gorgeouslygreen.com as well as chefchloe.com for more information about them, recipes, videos, vegan and green tips, and lots more. As for me, of course, I'm at Healthy Voyager on Twitter, Facebook. Just look up the Healthy Voyager and lots of Healthy Voyager fan and group pages will pop up as well as uh, joining me on my YouTube channel so you can keep uh, abreast of what's going on as far as the travel show, cooking shows, um, product reviews, all that. But again, you can find everything at healthyvoyager.com. So join the social network and uh, and meet other Healthy Voyager folks uh, and start your profile there. Or and or sign up for the newsletter that comes out every week because people who get the newsletter – Find out uh, every week what's new and exciting on HealthyVoyager.com as well as treats and deals and coupons uh, that are sent to just subscribers only. So check that out on the front page. You can join and start your own profile at HealthyVoyager.com and you can also subscribe there as well. 
everything at healthyvoyager.com. All right, I'd like to thank Sophie Uliano and Chef Chloe one more time for their fabulously frightening info today. Be sure to check out today's podcast and other past podcasts of Healthy Voyager Radio at healthyvoyager.com as well as on iTunes and Zune. Uh, and then that way you'll never miss a show if you subscribe. Be sure to join me next week for a super interesting show. We invite survival expert Greg Davenport onto the show. Um, he's going to tell us how you can survive a natural disaster as well as all sorts of worst case scenario type situations. So I'm pretty excited to hear about all his life-saving tips. I think it's kind of a neat, neat idea. I'm sure everyone thinks about, you know, what would you do in a hurricane? What would you do in a tsunami? What would you do in an earthquake? And, uh, you know, no matter where you live in the country, there's something going on, or the world for that matter. So it's, uh, it's good to be prepared for the unexpected. All right, and before we head out, I'm going to play us out with one of the most famous Halloween songs of all time, Thriller. It's not only uh, one of the top grossing songs to have ever been recorded, but it's never left off of the best of lists. And in addition, the Thriller video revolutionized storytelling in the music video field. And it still, still holds up to this day. In fact, I remember vividly where I was when that video debuted on MTV. So uh, it was a big deal for me as a kid and, uh, and always will be. So for those who don't know, Michael Jackson was a vegetarian for most of his adult life. So he's always got a spot here at Healthy Voyager Radio, especially at Halloween. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Have a spooky, scary, healthy green and awesome Halloween. Enjoy Thriller by Michael Jackson. Bye.
close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Ha, 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 ha.